This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Earlier this month, the Monongalia County School Superintendent sent a letter to the county's principals asking that pride flags be removed from classrooms. Since then, community members have spoken at two board meetings in favor of returning the flags to classrooms. The pride flag is an indicator that the teacher in that classroom is a trusted adult. Continuing to display the pride flag will ultimately provide a safer school environment. That story and more this West Virginia Morning. An attempt to enact permitting reforms for energy projects failed in the U.S. Senate on Tuesday. But as Curtis Tate reports, there still may be a path forward. U.S. Senator Joe Manchin wanted to attach his permitting legislation to a government spending bill that needs to pass this week. Republicans and some Democrats opposed Manchin's bill, so he withdrew it on Tuesday. On Wednesday, his fellow West Virginian, Republican Shelley Moore Capito, said there would be new opportunities to get it done. Capito has a similar bill, and it has Republican support. We're going to keep working and try to get a bipartisan product because even if it's a new Congress and even if Republicans take over, we still need to have a bipartisan product here in the United States Senate. With only weeks before the midterm elections, it's not clear when lawmakers might strike a deal. Manchin and Capito both want to fast track the Mountain Valley pipeline. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. The Autumn Harvest Festival is a yearly tradition. Agriculture and community are the focus of this event, which has been celebrated for over three decades. After a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic, the festival returned this past weekend to Willow Bend Road near Union, West Virginia. But as Brian Allen found out, the return was bittersweet with the organizers. The scenic location for the festival is the WVU Willow Bend Research, Education, and Outreach Center. The university is expected to sell the 230-acre property. The decision could put the future of the Autumn Harvest Festival, along with the farm's employees, into a precarious position. Anna Lusk has been working at the festival since 1985 and has seen the event grow from less than 100 attendees to thousands of visitors. This year was additionally special with the organizers honoring the founder of the festival, Bill Clark. He was an extension agent here in Monroe County for many years. And sometime in the early 80s, nobody's quite sure when, um, he got the idea to have a homegrown festival that would showcase Monroe County and um, our history and agrarian way of life. We want to pay honor to Bill because if it hadn't been for Bill's dream, this never would have happened. In addition to Clark, Lusk, and other festival volunteers, the president of the festival is Shane Clarkson, who also manages the farm. As an employee of WVU Davis College, he and Jason Kleinfelter are concerned with what the future holds for them. If WVU decides to let the farm go, both gentlemen face finding new employment. Job hunting. (laughs) That's the only thing I know. I mean, they said they can place us other places, but um, I don't know. It's just kind of up in the air, kind of looking for, hoping maybe they can save it, but it doesn't look like it so far. Just have to kind of wait and see. I loved working here. I got a degree in animal science, and uh, I love this farm. I love the way it looks, and I love taking care of these animals, but we'll see. I mean, who knows what, what tomorrow will bring, but something will be available. 
Fortunately for those involved, the sale of the property isn't a done deal. The community and other county players are working various avenues to keep the farm open and available for future public use. Some of those options include the Monroe County Commission leasing the farm or convincing WVU that the property is viable and relevant for continued agricultural research. Monroe County's WVU Extension Agent, Brian Wickline, confirmed the sale could be the end of the Autumn Harvest Festival. As with many corporate and educational decisions, it comes down to money. That farm is 230, like I said, 238 acres, so that would be a very large sum of money for a local organization to come up with to try to actually buy the farm. So I think what that organization would be doing would be trying to uh, do a long-term lease with the university, work, work that avenue. WVU did not buy the farm in 1970. That farm was donated to them. We've had several folks within the community step up and come up with some ideas. Our county commission have been very supportive of coming up with with ideas and projects that the community could utilize the farm for. While the general mood is doubtful, Wickline is preparing a proposal for WVU outlining the potential of the demonstration farm, how it serves the community, and how it can be self-sustaining and profitable. We've looked at budgets prior to, and we've looked at budgets afterwards if, if they did have the opportunity to take the farm over. And uh, yes, uh, we anticipate a, a budget that, that is profitable. West Virginia State Senator Stephen Baldwin attended the Autumn Harvest Festival and has a more optimistic attitude concerning the future of the celebration and the farm. We got wind that they were looking at selling, and so we reached out to them to say, Hold on a minute. This is, this is a really important farm to our area. We feel like it's never reached its full potential. We've got some ideas, some plans as to how it could reach its full potential. I mean, because if you look at agriculture in this part of the state, it's huge business. Um, and we feel like it's, it's, a, it's been a missed opportunity that it hasn't been fully utilized. I mean, during the festival really is the, the time that it's utilized most, and we feel like it could be utilized year-round. And Daryl Donahue, Dean of WVU Davis College, shared the following statement via email. WVU Davis College of Agriculture, Natural Resources, and Design and Monroe County officials are working to come to an agreement regarding the future of the farm that will be beneficial to both parties. Wickline hopes to know the farm's fate near the end of October. In the meantime, those involved with the demonstration farm and the Autumn Harvest Festival are doing their best to carry on and enjoy the possible last tradition. We could not be more pleased. We've had a wonderful turnout. The enthusiasm level is high and the weather is perfect. God has blessed us today. We could not be happier. Some believe the current efforts are too little, too late. But at least the weather cooperated for a beautiful day on Saturday. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Brian Allen in Monroe County. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. Areas of fog this morning becoming partly sunny today. Highs in the 60s. Partly cloudy tonight. Lows in the 40s. Tomorrow mostly cloudy. Chance rain in the south with highs in the 60s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Taurus Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TaurusSaveAlaw.com. And by Marshall Health, providing comprehensive primary and specialty care throughout southern West Virginia and the tri-state region. More at marshallhealth.org.
Earlier this month, the Monongalia County School Superintendent sent a letter to the county's principals asking that pride flags be removed from classrooms. Since then, community members have spoken at two Board of Education meetings in favor of returning the flags to classrooms. As Chris Schultz reports, most recently, students have taken matters into their own hands. Students, teachers, parents, and community members gathered outside of the Monongalia County Board of Education meeting Tuesday night to protest the removal of pride flags from classrooms. The justification for the action was County Policy 3231.01, which bans political activities in the county's classrooms. Reverend Jenny Williams was unsure how the pride flag fell under the policy. The policy specifically bans literature being printed or distributed that deals with candidates, issues, or points of view. And it's clear from the content of the policy that it's aimed at kind of keeping election politics out of the classroom. So I'm not really sure why the pride flag's coming under that, and the board will have to be able to state that tonight. Sam Hunley and Paige Karab are both seniors at MHS. They both arrived early to the meeting to take part in the demonstration against the flag's removal, mingling with the crowd of more than 100 demonstrators. Hunley says the flag sent a message of safety to LGBTQ students, and their removal signals that their identity isn't important. It's really affected the LGBTQ youth in our system, and this is us coming together and standing against it because it means more to us than I think anybody understands. Karab called the decision heartbreaking and disagreed with the characterization of the flag as political. I mean, it represents respect and it shows the protection that we have and that at the end of the day, we're always going to have people that are supportive of us and supportive of loving who anybody loves, regardless of who that might be. The decision had already garnered public discussion at the board's September 13th meeting, where 13 community members spoke. At Tuesday's meeting, 37 people signed up to speak. All public comment at Monongalia's Board of Education meetings is limited to one hour, so each speaker was given just one minute and 37 seconds to speak. Most of the speakers were in favor of the pride flags, or against their removal. Staff from all three of the county's high schools presented the board with letters outlining their concerns over the removal of the flag, and representatives from the faculty senates of University High School and MHS spoke in person. Former Monongalia County teacher Rose Bell spoke about the experience of her non-binary grandchild who used pride flags to identify safe havens in their school. The pride flag is an indicator that the teacher in that classroom is a trusted adult who will help them when there is an anxiety-inducing situation in or out of the classroom. Continuing to display the pride flag will ultimately provide a safer school environment. Speakers drew cheers from the crowd that had remained outside of the building, audible even from within the meeting chambers. Some who spoke were in favor of the flag's removal, such as Republican candidate for House of Delegates in District 78, Gino Chiarelli. Don't let the crowd fool you. The overwhelming majority of people, parents, and taxpayers in my district, they believe you made the right decision. Many of them fear backlash they, that they might incur because they dare to stand against the, the political mob that is outside. So... Later in the meeting, Superintendent Eddie Campbell outlined the course of events that led to the removal of the flags. He said that after receiving concerned comments from community members that the pride flags violated county policy, he consulted with outside legal counsel and took action. Campbell did not reveal what lawyer or firm he had consulted, 
and comments later in the meeting implied that not all board members had seen the legal analysis. So I contacted our building principals, not the board, not these five people. I contacted our building principals. I said, please address the issue in your buildings. Uh, I want absolutely no consequences on the teachers that are displaying the flags. Board member Daniel Barry said he interpreted the policy as applying to candidates running for political office and political parties. He expressed concern at the precedent the decision might set. I used to teach at Morgantown High. We had in a cafeteria. We had every flag of every country. I don't know what happened to them. I, I think we're going down a slippery slope in that we might just have sterile white walls. And I don't know. I'm just really worried. I think this probably needs to go on the future agenda. Board member Jennifer Haggerty reiterated that the Board of Education had taken no action on the issue of pride flags and questioned the legality of the decision. Also, ACLU, I think somebody brought this up in their speech, is pending litigation on this exact matter, overturning a board's ruling on this exact conversation. So I think we're stepping into some legal territory that I personally think we need more information on because we aren't quite prepared to make any decisions on a pride flag. Even after a discussion that lasted almost an hour, the board took no action, although many members expressed interest in studying the matter further and taking the issue up again at a later date. The lack of resolution Tuesday night prompted immediate action from the community. Students at Morgantown High School staged a walkout Wednesday afternoon. Morgantown High senior and student leader Lonnie Medley said the pride flag made schools safer for LGBTQ students. Today we unfortunately have to have a walkout to fight for our rights because yesterday at the board meeting it didn't seem to go very well. There are so many people that don't have accepting homes and school is the only place where they feel safe. We won't be erased! Medley says that despite best intentions, even school is not a perfectly safe place. Uh, a lot of people think that we are safe in school without the flags, but that's not how it is. We are unsafe. We get bullied. We get harassed every day. And the only places we are safe are the places that have pride flags and accepting symbols. Fellow MHS senior Will McGahee is hopeful that the walkout opens some eyes, but is ready to keep taking action to ensure the return of pride flags to classrooms. Hopefully we help the board uh, understand that people like us are here and we're not going to stop doing this until we're allowed to have the pride flags back in the classroom. McGahee said community activists plan to organize more actions until the pride flags are allowed back in schools. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, David Adkins, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.